I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Romendo. Welcome into the Green Zone on this Tuesday afternoon. Uh, coming up, a combine underway in the National Football League and uh, all eyes on the Chicago Bears on what they're going to do. Uh, the general manager said today, if if they decide uh, to draft a quarterback first overall, uh, they want to do it right to Justin Fields to trade him before free agency. So we'll see where that goes with all the rumors rumbling around the NFL combine on Caleb Williams and Justin Fields and with the Bears will trade that pick. But right now we're going to talk about one of the hottest teams in the Western Hockey League, the Swift Current Broncos on a six-game winning streak, jumping up the standings, now number four in the Eastern Conference. Interim head coach is Terrace McEwen here on the Green Zone. Terrace, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, um, you you sign on as assistant uh, coach, and then four months yeah. later, you're the head coach. How quickly, how hard was it to recalibrate the team with a new voice leading the way? Yeah, obviously it was, um, you know, difficult to go through it. I came here, um, you know, because uh, I wanted to work with, with Devin Proch, who was the head coach, and obviously we have a real good relationship. So, I mean, the reason I came to the team was, you know, what he started here with this young group and, you know, what I thought the team, you know, we thought it could get to. So there was a lot of excitement around the group at the start of the year. And obviously, you know, things happened and then happened real quick in November. And, um, you know, once I took over, um, you know, I surrounded myself with um, a couple new staff members that we brought on, um, Zach Smith at Christmas time. And, um, yeah, the team's been really good. They've been uh, – um, you know, willing to, to put the work in here. And obviously we added some pieces at the deadline, but I'm just real happy with, you know, the work. And uh, I've, I mean, we've always believed in the group that they could get to this level. And obviously it's taken a little bit longer than what we wanted, but, you know, playing the right way at the right time. Of course, uh, you came over from the Winnipeg uh, ice uh, and one of those trades was Connor Geeky. Uh, how important was it for you to add Connor, someone you know, someone who's worked with you, uh, to help the Swift Current Broncos make a jump up the standings. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, it's really nice when you can get a player that you have experience with and a relationship with, especially uh, a high-end player like like Geeks. Um, you know, I've, I was part of the, the group that drafted him, him and Savoy 1-2, um, and then obviously coached him last year with the ice. And, uh, even from my time last year with the ice to, to when we brought him in here, uh, even for me, he's taken a big step just um, in his like leadership and and his focus. I think um, you know he always had the skill and he's always been a really good player. But uh, just coming into our group, I've been real happy with uh, with the level he's taken our practices to and and the work that he puts in off the ice as well in the gym. It's really kind of pushed our group to see. Obviously, we had a lot of success um, with the ice, and you know he was a part of that, so he understands you know, what it takes to, to be at that level and stay at that level. And um, it's been really good for our group and positive for our group to kind of get that push here. Terrace, you really didn't have a choice about being a hockey coach, did you? <laughs> no. Definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely in my blood, that's for sure. Yeah. Your, your dad's Brad, a great yeah. coach. I actually, when Brad was in Lloyd Minster in the SJHL with Glenn Hawker, your your dad left, and then I came in after, after your dad. Oh, and, of okay. course, Brent... And then Brent being Brent with the Huskies. What does that do for you, though, as 
growing up being around those terrific hockey coaches, those yeah. great minds? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, me and my dad have a, a real special relationship. I think it's, um, yeah, it's very unique when, you know, when I go home <laughs> in the summer times, we have a, a camper just down from my parents. Our, our, uh, dinner conversations are, uh, all about team building and drafting and, um, all about hockey. So it's been a lot of fun, especially the last, you know, eight, nine years where I've been at, in it full time and he's kind of been able to help me. Know through this process and, and journey for for myself. So yeah, it's obviously um, you know very beneficial for me to have someone to you know go back to. He's been through uh, been through this league and and this city and team. Um, you know, so I, I can uh, he can definitely relate. And you know, some of the things that he went through, you know, I've probably gone through the same things this year. So yeah, it's been a very special thing just to share that you know with him. And um, yeah, I mean, it's always something that I wanted to do growing up kind of in that uh, lifestyle was, was, uh, was in the game and, you know, very fortunate to, to be where I am. It's probably a ridiculous question, but I'll ask it anyway. What one thing, one thing did you learn from your dad about coaching hockey? Oh, that is uh that's a good question. I, I mean, for me, it's just the way, um, Anytime you talk to anybody uh, about my dad or uh, anybody that knows him, it's you know the the you know truly the good and honest person that he is. Uh, he he gets along with everybody. He builds really good relationships with everybody that he meets, and I guess that's the one thing you know that I've learned. And you know when I was first getting into into the business, um, you know I, I obviously have my dad to to lean on but you know wanted to do it my own way and you know the one thing with him is he just said just get out and, and work and do different yeah. things and meet as many people as he can and build relationships and I think that's you know one of his strong suits is um, he's a very extremely hard worker uh, and then he's you know very good at building relationships with people so I mean that's probably the biggest thing especially nowadays with coaching is building the relationships with, with players it's, it's more of a a place where we work together. I'm not trying to, um, you know, get them to play a certain way demanding. Like it's got to be both ways where, um, they have to buy into what we're trying to do. They have to see the vision of the team. Um, and that's why I think, you know, we're kind of at that point. It's almost where, you know, the team, you know, there has to be accountability within their dressing room and they have to understand, you know, what it takes to win. And, you know, we're kind of, been playing that way here it's been a real positive thing to see and um you know i think that's you know one of the biggest things that i took from him terris McEwen joining us uh, interim head coach swift current broncos on a six-game winning streak as they uh, rise the uh, standings uh, what's that stanley cup ring look like of course uh, brad the amateur scout <laughs> yeah. with the uh, vegas golden knights and hanging out with the cup this summer well, brent's, yeah. brent's got one doesn't brent have one too with um la he does yeah yeah, yeah. obviously uh yeah it was very special summertime actually when I lived in Whitewood, um, I was working, you know, locally at the at the mine, and actually had to have a Stanley Cup party in my backyard when my uncle Brent won it the second <laughs> time. So that was very special. And then obviously my dad, um, we had a Stanley Cup party at at the lake just north of uh, Whitewood this past October. So That's yeah, awesome. I was fortunate, you know, with the Broncos that I was able to we played played that night, but I was able to go back and um, be there for the day. And um, yeah, it was just. You know, very special to see, 
you know, a lot of people, a lot of, um, you know, people around the community and, you know, people that he's worked with along his journey to come and um, spend that time. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun and obviously a very special moment. Hey, Terrence, swinging it back over to the Swift Current Broncos, um, I think a lot of people in the WHL were a little surprised the Broncos made that trade for Connor Geeky. We saw what the yeah. Blades were doing. We saw what the Warriors were doing. What were the conversations like? Uh, with the Chad Leslie general manager going, yeah. no, no, we get we got one of the top goaltenders in this darn league. We can compete uh, with Saskatoon and Moose Jaw and make a go yeah. of it this year. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. We we really liked our group. We liked the depth of our group. I think um, this is a team, and and you talk to some of the guys that were here, you know, last year. They they expected more out of the group last year and in themselves. Um, so I think that. You know, for the first half, we ran into some injuries uh, and injuries to our to our best players with Dick and, and Wardle being being hurt and Vitson uh, for a while. So um, just um, we always believed that, you know, when we did get everybody back healthy, that we had the right group. And, um, you know, Geeky's, you know, someone that me and Chad spoke about and spoke about early when there's an opportunity to acquire him, that, you know, he's kind of the one guy that, for me, I really wanted to put a focus on, on you know, somebody that we wanted. Um, you know, there could have been other players, but I just thought that, you know, he's what this group needs to kind of push us over the edge. I, I always believe that, you know, our depth and our goaltending, our defense, you know, we have a good team, but we need someone to push us over and really, you know, in, in our practices and in the gym and, and take this group to the next level. And he was the one that, um, you know, we targeted very early and, you know, I, for a coach, it's always nice to have those players when he's one of the best players, obviously playing in the world juniors, but, um, just the way he is in our practices and, and in the gym, everything has made the, the biggest difference for me. So, um, to get those, to get a player like that and then obviously push some of our younger players and some of our older players to, to that next level has been, uh, you know, real promising. Of course, you're talking about your dad being a mentor, but you hung out with James Patrick the last couple of years yeah. with the Winnipeg Ice. How important was he guiding your – you're still a young man. You've been at it for yeah. almost a decade. You're just into your 30s. So uh, yeah. what what kind of mentor has he been? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, really important for for me, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he, I would probably credit him with, you know, you know taking my – it's really hard to describe the knowledge that a person like that has um, playing for 20 years in the NHL, coaching for uh, 12 years in the NHL, and then obviously back in the Western Hockey League. So just as, um, you know, some of my best times with him was sitting before a game, we'd be watching an NHL game, and he'd just be going through and you'd be picking his brain. It's crazy the things that, you know, he would see or think about. And, um, yeah, just the, the process of, you know, being patient with players, developing players. And um, he obviously went through it going from Putney to Winnipeg and, and taking a team that, you know, was struggling and, and really turned them around. So, yeah, I mean, I, I credit a lot of, you know, how we play and some of our structure to, to James and obviously try and keep in touch with him as much as I can uh, when he got back in the league uh, there with uh, Victoria. Well. 1200 plus games in the national hockey league and, and you know, you learn, you're going to learn a thing or two. Um, but like most coaches, I imagine when you watch your team and you, you go over the, uh, the video, yep. you're looking at, yep, we're playing, playing well right now. We've got some wins. What things are you concerned about moving forward here? Um, yeah, I mean, I've liked, 
I mean, the positives for me, even before Christmas, um, I thought that we were really turning it around five on five and defending better. I think that was probably the biggest thing for me and, and the group is um, just our five on five, our defensive zone, our our ability to make sure that we have numbers back and and uh, and we're limiting the number of high quality scoring chances was an area of concern. Um, probably, probably early before Christmas, I think with guys out, we had um, the opportunity. We played in a lot of close one goal games, so it was a lot of real good experience to kind of go through that. And, um, yeah, you know, this yeah. Conference, it's uh, every game that you play seems to be close, and any team can beat you. So you have to make sure that uh, that you're on your game. There's definitely no no easy nights this this season. Um, I mean, the one biggest thing is just our special teams. I think our special teams. Either one or the other has struggled at times this year. I think probably the the reason we've had some success this last six games is they're both uh, at a real good place. I think uh, our power play has um, you know been a lot better here now that uh, you know Zach's been around and our penalty kills done a better job. So I think that was probably the biggest area of concern was just trying to shore up our special teams and our power play, and um, it's led to a lot of our success here uh, of recent. Well, Terry, good coaching, special teams. It's good coaching. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Terry. Yeah. Well, Terry. Thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon here on the uh, Green Zone, and it's going to be a heck of a ride for Saskatchewan junior hockey down the stretch run into the playoffs. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. That is Terrace McEwen here on the Green Zone. He had no choice. He had to be a coach. He had no choice. He started when I think twenty three was his first well, year really coaching. His, his dad started really, really young. Brent, his uncle, started. Well, he was a player for the Huskies and then was assistant coach with Dave King and then took over the Huskies for a long period of time until Dave Adolph took over. I mean, that it's those. That's a hockey family. It, the Saskatchewan hockey family. He had no choice. He had to be a coach. And uh, it's great. Eventually, I imagine he'd love to add to that Stanley Cup ring total that the MQNs are uh, piling up uh, as well. Uh, coming up here on the Green Zone, Truth or Trash Tuesday, we'll talk a little bit about what the Bears are going to do with that number one pick. And, oh, great, Elias Pettersson trade rumors in the NHL. Just what I wanted to hear on a Tuesday. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. I'm Jamie Nye. He's Drew Romenda. Getting set for the New Jersey Devils tonight uh, with the uh, San Jose Sharks. We'll talk to the Devils uh, play-by-play guy, Matt Laughlin, a little later on to see if they'll ever make a trade for Jacob Markstrom ahead of the uh, NHL uh, trade deadline. It fell through, might still be alive, the deadline coming up March 8th. But right now, it's time for Truth or Trash Tuesday. I'm here to reveal the nasty truth. You want so I know when you're telling the truth or when you're not. What are you doing? Just a bit of Truth or Trash Tuesday. Each and every Tuesday here on the Green Zone, we bring you an opinion, and you get to say whether that opinion is truth or whether that opinion is trash. The opinion today comes from moi, me. In yesterday's conversation about the 1979-80s Opeachy hockey card sealed case, I'm telling you, I wouldn't open it. I wouldn't touch it. It would sit there sealed because there's no guarantee you have one of those 10-grade Wayne Gretzky rookie cards that can make you $3 just like that. They could be a bunch of sixes and sevens in there that are only worth six grand. 
that don't add up real quick to $3.5 million, or if we're talking in Canadian, $5 million Canadian. I would not open the case. Drew Remenda, would you be... Well, you're a big hockey card guy, so you'd be going through those cards religiously, I had imagined. <clears throat> the average Upper Deck Series cards yields $2.12 worth of cards. At $3.33 a pack, this cost-to-value ratio was 63.7%. That was in 2019-2020. I doubt that has gone up at all. If you paid, how much did the guy pay? $5 million Canadian. That's the easiest one to just... $5 million Canadian dollars for it. Are you doing it as a moneymaker? Are you doing it just because you can? If you've got $5 million to buy a pack of hockey cards, I don't think you really care whether you've got some 10 bangers in there or not. <laughs> I think you just leave it well enough alone. Okay. Do not, lick the, do not look a gift horse, as they say. Producer Scott, right when I opened my mouth at the start of the show, was like, like tearing his beard out, I'll say. Um <laughs> Because he was like, no, you open the cards. There's another gentleman in this building that whenever I say I'm not opening the box, goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> Who thinks this opinion of mine is complete trash. Well, I like you, Jamie. And that You're is Evan guy. Bray. You're a good guy. <laughs> I think the opinion is whacked on this issue. I, I do. Listen, here's what I say. I I am a card collector. So, Drew, I listen, all due respect, I hear what you're saying. You're not going to buy a 2023 pack of uh, Upper Deck cards and become a millionaire unless you get the Bedard Rookie, which is going to be released on March 5th or are whatever. You gonna, are, I'm surprised you're not camped out already. That's for a different show, okay, Jamie? Let's stay on the show. But <laughs> but here's my point. When I was 10 years old, which was... like a police officer there, didn't he? <laughs> which, <laughs> which, like a cop that pulled me over and... and, and... On the freeway the other day. Holy mouth. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. I got a call about that, Drew, actually. But anyway, another story. Uh, so, you know, when I'm when I'm 10 years old, which, by the way, is the year after Gretzky's rookie. So if you're good at math, you can figure out how old I am. I'm ripping old. over packs of cards, Gretzky's second year. And, I mean, I can picture those cards as a 10-year-old, let alone right now. The the thrill of hockey cards and hockey mm -hmm. card collecting is the cards, the way you followed the team. I had Rich Pilon on my show today. I can picture his you hockey card in my mind, right? Like so, you Richie, you had Richie on the show today. Yeah, I mean, Islander right? fans got to stick together, right? Great, <laughs> like I love Richie Pilon. Good dude. So anyway, so you know, for me, it's about the cards, and I think what Drew says about if you have five million bucks to spend on a case of hockey yeah. cards, then chances are you're probably not afraid to gamble a little bit. Uh, I would say there's 16 boxes in there. Put 10 of them aside if you want. But let's take six of them. Let's invite buddies over. Let's get a few cases of beer. Let's bust those no, open. No, and I no, don't even care if you get terrible. a Gretzky. That's, that's a terrible eight. idea. If you One a... of your buddies is going to have too much to drink. Knock over a beer, spill it all over the Gretzky rookie well, card, we'll and then a, a fight breaks we'll loose. We'll put a barrier up between them and the cards, <laughs> and, and then take the cards. And put them in your spokes. Yes, well, you know what? We used to do that. We used to flip <laughs> yeah, know, for hockey cards. It's crazy. I mean, the so, way we okay. treated our cards, not good. But. 
Evan, why is there value in this? I, you, I don't get it. I well, don't understand. It's not what you're worth. Value. It's what you negotiate. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is this is not this that's not it. That's this is there is worth on this. Why is there worth on? Well, this? you know what? And I mean, I don't want to get too deep on this, but it's it's like anything that isn't money but has value, right? Why is a pristine 1974 Corvette Stingray worth? $100,000 in mint shape. It's worth it because someone will pay that for it because there's a limited number of them because most of them aren't in that kind of shape. It's no different with hockey cards, especially the old ones. And I think your point drew up earlier about a new pack of hockey mm -hmm. cards, even a Bedard rookie isn't going to be the same as a Gretzky because there's millions of them produced. There were a, a finite number of Gretzky rookies produced. The number of the real good ones that are still alive and in circulation today is much lower than ever. Well, there's only two tens. Well, two tens Gretzky. that we know of. But how many basements in Regina or other places are more boxes of these cards? And you know how you're going to know how many more tens there are? You're going to open, open those packs. You're going to open them up and check it out. Because th this is the one thing when you talk about, because uh, I was talking to Justin Blackwell and, he, and I said, it's not a guarantee they're tens. And he went, oh, what do you mean? They haven't been touched. Of course, they're going to be tens. No, no. We have a card collector, longtime collector who says they've done business with you yes. uh, a couple of times. Shady deals, probably. <laughs> he said, you should get one Gretzky per box. There's 16. Uh, let's say you find 24 in the case. The sheets were cut with a wire. Quality control was at a minimum back then, so the borders could be off-center. The edges could be jagged from the wire being too dull. You need at least two pristine cards that grade out at 10 to get your money back. Grades seven of ten sell for approximately six grand. Mm, I think that's low, but but but, but eight he's right. to ten, like eight out of ten is eighteen thousand, etc. So it's a he's like, no, don't yeah. open the case. It's a big gamble on hoping for pristine cards. If you are a true diehard collector, you're not purchasing this case as an investor. You are a card collector. I will be shocked if you would not open one box at minimum. If you're buying it as an investment, fair enough. Lead your boring life, put it in the corner, and don't open it. But if you're a collector, you're opening a box of these cards, if not more than one. And now, inviting your friends over to possibly spill a glass of wine all well, over Not them. with an attitude like that, you're not coming over, Jamie. So if there, there's that thing about toys. If toys are open, then they immediately are devalued. They, they, they depreciate. With the hockey cards, like this gentleman that bought this, or, gen or, or or lady that bought this, how do we know there's $5 million worth of cards in there? Well, like, it's that. You're, it. you're, I think Bingo. you're, you're saying exactly it, it. I mean, if you want to maintain the maximum potential investment, you're probably better to take that case, put it into some sort of secure storage, and let it continue to gain value. And let that gum rot even more after 43 yes. years. You're right, because the only way you're going to get more money is if you open up these packs. Yeah, there's gum in these packs, Drew. <laughs> like no, if no, you... I know there's gum in these packs, but but what is that gum like after all this? Does it, well, does it, does I, it I deteriorate the card? It. I hate to no, say does it. it. Does it does it do something to the card? Oh, for sure it does. I mean, that's the thing. When you're opening up, and, and I hate to date myself, but it was no different back in the day when you're opening up cards. If you're hoping for a good card, you don't want it to be the top card that the gum is pressed up against because all of right. a sudden, Mark Messier's <laughs> face has a little pink stain on it. 
you imagine? They open up this case, and one of the, it's a Gretzky card right up against that yeah, gum. Nice stick You're of like, gum. There you the go. It was awful, too. The gum was just like cardboard. Yeah, it was awful in when it was new, <laughs> let alone now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, oh so gosh, Evan Bray even is a hard trash, on my opinion, yeah, uh, here on the Green Zone open up, today. Open up the packs. And he's not inviting okay, me over to open go. up those packs either. Uh, it's always great to be part of the Green Zone. because you're a messy oh. drunk, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, shh, calm down. Speaking of telling police stories out of school. <laughs> <laughs> Just that one time Evan had a knock on my door. It's fine. Uh, that is Evan Bray, uh, of course, the stuff. Evan Bray Show. Uh, he's opening up the pack. Chad and Esther Hazy is big truth. Chad, you would not open this case of hockey cards. No, and Evan made my point for me just before I got on. He's, he, he's emotional. I feel the same thing because I, I, I've been collecting my whole life too, and I buy like the Upper Deck Trilogy. They're like the most expensive cards, and I buy like 10 boxes, and I open five, and I leave five sealed because okay. the, poten- the potential. But this thing, if you have five tens in there, now there's seven in the world. They're not worth three million a piece for one thing, and, and it's the potential, like the, the potential of having an untouched by human being Gretzky ten rookie that makes that box value for an investment wise. Leave the box sealed. I'm never, never opening it. The per- I'll tell you this: the person I'll take this up and bet with anybody. The person that bought that will not open that box. That is a Chad from Esther Hazy guarantee. Someone, I love, I love this. I love this text. Something nobody has mentioned yet is how. What if the buyer of all these cards is actually the owner of one of the two ten-point Wayne Gretzky cards? He just buys all these cards, throws them in the fire, and his ten out of ten is still worth as much as it is without watering down the market or just. Buries it in the backyard, never to be seen or heard again. So they don't depreciate the value of their car. Maybe. If you have that much money to throw around for one Gretzky card, you have that much money to throw around for a whole case of them. Um, it's, that's that's a bit of a that's a bit of a consp- I know just because it's a conspiracy theory is not wrong, but that is a far reaching conspiracy theory right there. The Owen in Saskatoon trash. Trash, they say, says Owen. Of course you open it. You get at least one pristine set to save and keep, and you get several Gretzky cards to sell for profit, says Owen in Saskatoon. Uh, profit, profit. You, you you paid $5 million. That's not profit. That's kind of recouping maybe some losses. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's profit. But there's no guarantee there's a 10 in there. There's no guarantee that, as our collector said earlier, you don't know how those cards in that case were cut. It could have been an off day at the factory for the uh, Opeachy crew. <laughs> the Opeachy crew is like, it was the Monday. This. It was the Monday. They cut those cards on the Monday, and they were not after interested. After Super Bowl. Yeah. It was Monday after Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it was take your kids to work day that day. Oh, and it just the got kids, the kids ridiculous. You go ahead. Son, try it. You go ahead. No, just with wire. Bring it down. Good. That's good enough. Don't worry about it. Let's go. Let's uh, go to lunch. Dave Taco, from Tuesday. <laughs> Dave from Hague says, I couldn't resist to open all the pop. The See, that's that's I agree with that more than anything. And I would still eat the gum, Dave. No, no that's a oh, bad Dave, idea. Dave, don't, don't, Dave. They'd, it'd all be dust, I imagine, anyways. Um 
Uh, Randy says, my buddy was renovating. There was a sold-out uh, doors in the basement which she was going to throw out. There was a Gretzky rookie card glued to one of the doors. Yeah. Put it up there. How's it going to stay up in the door if you don't glue it? <laughs> I don't I don't get this. There's a whole story of the mistakes you made, like looking back on those types of things that you had no idea were valuable. Zero clue. They were valuable. And then you're 50 and you think, I shouldn't have taken those Star Wars toys out of the package. I should have, as a five-year-old, just left them there in pristine condition on my dresser and Beanie, not touch them. Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Beanie Babies. Jordan, When Jordan was born, Beanie Babies kind of first came out. So every city I went to, every city I went to, I went and bought her a Beanie Baby. And Jordan sent me a note just the other day. Dad, do you know how much money I would have with all our Beanie Babies that you bought me? And I and I didn't even want to know. I said no. And she goes, well, enough that I could have a house of my own, bought and paid for. I went, oh, God, no. So, but yeah, Beanie Babies. Two people have texted this in. Guys, in this new age, Joel texted this and somebody else texted it. Jamie from Warman texted in. I would totally tear those suckers open, but I would do it in a way that I would stream it live to make money or a pay-per-view or something like that and see if I could make money that way to pay for that $5 million. Joel said the same thing. You guys are completely missing on a YouTube video profit unpacking each pack. How many views would that generate knowing there are Gretzky rookie cars in there? Geraldo Rivera opening the the Al Capone vault. (laughs) Forget it. Come on, man. You have one viewer. It's from Saskatchewan, <laughs> and it looks like it's Evan Bray. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOF. Jamie Nigel Remenda with you here on the Green Zone. A lot of people are opening these packs all of a sudden on YouTube, Drew Remenda. They're all coming in now saying, oh, yeah, that's the way to go. Open them up on YouTube, get a... Uh, Pay-per-view, whatever. Someone says uh, start an OnlyFans page to uh, do the crack packs, uh, to open up the uh, Opeachy cards, uh, live streaming. Oh, ooh, there's one. Um, call in ESPN, like the uh, the decision with LeBron James. Get them to pay, and you could sit there and just open hockey cards. And uh, there, there's one. Not a lot of people are with me and you that would not touch this damn thing at all. It would be sitting there. Nope. Not interested. I think Chad's I think Chad from Mr. Hazy's right because if you keep it and let's say there is two or three ten cards, that means your worth of the card you have is diminished. See, as much as a producer Scott said he's opening these. He did give me a nice little nugget of information that I think helped my point of not opening it. You could resell this thing in, what is that, six years from now? Less than that, five years from now? It's the 50th anniversary of these uh, cards. There you go. And it's like... Boom, boom. Ka-ching. You got nostalgia. You got an anniversary a Wayne Gretzky rookie card, and you have an unopened case of them. Cha-ching! 
He got they some are. money back. Let them deal with whether or not they want to open the thing. 